Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Janine Bullen and today's program, we're going to be bringing you some really high quality content on not only saving your time, saving your money, but also how to stay sane during these continually changing times, these crazy phases of life that we happen to be in. Now, the Janine Bolin Show is the syndicated program of four podcast shows that were combined in October of 2021. We had Three Minute Money Tips, The Thriving Solopreneur, The Writer's Hour Creative Conversations, and The Practical Mystic Show. They were all put together that had been running since 2017. We've produced over 300 episodes, we've interviewed over 219 guests, and today we are spotlighting one of our authors that is contributing to our 99 author project, Shiraz Babu. He is a award-winning author, international speaker, and an energy and money flow coach. Shiraz Babu has helped hundreds of people to rewrite their reality. He coaches entrepreneurs and they hire him to show them how to refuel their energy and ambitions. They also create greater success and have a feeling of calm and confidence in their lives no matter where they're going. As a result, they ignite a stream of high-paying clients along with abundance of free time, money, and energy. The book that is so wonderful that was written by this great author is How to Rewrite Reality, Becoming the Author of the Stories of Your Own Life. So welcome to the show, Shiraz. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Janine. Great to be here. So this is one of my favorite topics, which is tell us the story behind the story, right? You know, you've written this amazing book, and I'd love to know what on earth prompted you to write a book on rewriting reality. I mean, that's fabulous. It's because I found out you can rewrite reality and most people don't realize that everyone has this ability. And I learned that my journey started when I was 22 years old. I was in university. I was studying molecular genetics to become a doctor. I was a bodybuilder. Yeah, I know it's close. I was close right now, but not quite the same. <laughs> and everything was going my way. The world was my oyster. But the world didn't give me pearls, it gave me arthritis. And I mean intense pain in every joint in my body kind of arthritis. I remember there would be uh, some nights where I would sip my dinner through a straw because my jaw was so swollen and painful. I just couldn't chew. And that started a 20-year journey of trying to fix that problem. And some people may not relate to going through that much pain, but if you've had the situation where here's my life's plan, this is what's going to work for me. And then suddenly, bam, there's no plan anymore. And you're left scrambling and you're wondering what the hell, why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? Like you, you get where I was and all those feelings that came up, the anger, the frustration, sometimes places of despair. Um, and there'd be moments where I'd snap at people just to let out my frustration, I immediately regretted afterwards. And this was my life. I tried medication. I tried supplements, diet. I started trying things like yoga and acupuncture. And everything worked for a little while. And then it would just stop working again. Like the arthritis built up the immunity to whatever I was doing. And it, it was crazy because I'm like, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing? And Finally, 
I found out about this program called Combined Therapy, where they've had success with multiple illnesses. And that really caught my attention because you usually go to someplace for arthritis or you go for cancer or you go for diabetes. And they're like, no, we do everything. What? It was in India. So I got on a plane, flew over to India. And of course, because it's in India, I expected some guy to go, oh, I'm going to heal you now, Shiraz, and just do the Reiki kind of hands thing. But that's not what happened. He just sat down and talked with me for two weeks about my entire life story. It was like being with a psychiatrist, only he wasn't trying to solve anything. He was just gathering information. And at the end of the two weeks, he said, Shiraz, here's the problem. You believe you're responsible for everyone in your life. And I said, no, I don't. And he said, yeah, I know you don't think you do, but from everything you've told me, you've created a belief that you need to be responsible for everyone in your life. And you started that belief back when you were eight years old. And I thought about it and I said, yeah, okay, I know I'm a responsible guy, but I don't think I'm responsible for everyone. And even if I was, what's that got to do with arthritis? He said, you don't want to be responsible for everyone. That'd be too much. I said, yeah, obviously. So if you're lying in bed in pain, you don't have to be responsible for anyone and you don't have to feel guilty about it. If it's just taking all your energy to get through the day and do your job, no one can come up and say, can you help me and make you feel guilty if you don't. It's the solution to a problem you don't realize you have. And that just hit me. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's messed up. And he said, but most chronic illnesses are solutions to problems people don't realize they have. And that's why every time you tried to fix the problem, it wouldn't take because you were actually taking the solution to another problem away and your body had to compensate. So I thought about that and I said, so if what you're saying is true, then all I have to do is say, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone but me and I shouldn't have arthritis. He said, if you mean it deep down, you actually believe you don't need to be responsible for anyone but you, then you don't need the arthritis. So I said, okay, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone but me. I woke up the next morning, no pain, no inflammation, more mobility, and I could even breathe better. And I'm freaking out because this doesn't happen overnight. You don't just lose an illness overnight. Now, the damage was still there, but the arthritis itself was just gone. And I was checking my body out, moving my joints and stuff. And, and what was interesting was there was a track where we were staying. And I was on that track every day from the time I got there. And I was doing my old man shuffle because that's how I walked at that point. I was just like this 70-year-old man doing my shuffle around the track. And I'd be getting passed by people that are like 60 and 70 years old. And I'm like, this is so frustrating. But I'm out on the track this day and I'm passing everyone. They're looking at me going, what the hell is going on? I'm like, I know, this is amazing. And that single belief created my entire reality of arthritis. When I started looking more into this, I found out this isn't just about illness. This is about everything in your life. So if you're worried about getting your heart broken, you tend to only find partners that aren't going to open up to you so that you can't get too deep so you don't get your heart broken. But consciously, you're thinking, why can't I find the right person? Why can't I connect? If you're worried about people asking you for money, if you make lots of money, then you'll limit how much money you make 
so that they can't ask and you don't have to have those uncon um, uncomfortable conversations or feel guilty if you don't give them money. But consciously you're saying, why can't I make the money I want? I keep trying to make more money and I can't get past a certain level. Those problems are actually solutions. Right, and, and people, people are solving those for themselves. And so you wrote this book because of because once i figured out what was going on i had to share exactly how it works with people so that they can realize wait what i can just change that and it's crazy because sometimes you you change the belief and you've got to do a bunch of work to implement it and it's a journey but sometimes you change the belief and boom reality just shifts around you and, it's and I think that's one of the lovely things that I enjoy so much about the work that you're doing and you're, you're sharing is you experienced it for yourself personally. And mm -hmm. now you're like, hey, <clears throat> you can go ahead and take a flight to India and take the two weeks and blah, 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 and have to do, go through all this, or I can work with you. So let, let's talk a little bit about now the book itself, okay? So mm -hmm. part of the 99 Author Project is all about how authors go about selling their book and where they've had success and where they've had abysmal failure. Because I think being able to share negative results is just as powerful as being able to share positive results so that we don't, as I like to say to authors, don't make my mistakes, make different ones, right? Make Go make yeah. different ones, right? So learn from mine so that you don't do the same thing. Okay. So did you happen to have any kind of a marketing background before you uh, started selling your book? No. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Most of us are like, uh, no, I had a message, not a marketing background, right? Yeah. Okay. So what most surprised you about the book marketing process when you were, you know, had your book published? Two things. Number one, how expensive it is. And number two, how much work's involved. Right? Uh, there's a lot of work involved in marketing a book and the, and the various ways you can do it. Right? So it's not just about like, and here's here's the biggest mistake. Put your book out there. No one's going to find it. <laughs> like, like, no one. Well, maybe you're It's family, true. It's true. Amazon has more than one book on the shelf, right? No. I mean, it's like, so help us out here then. What would you change if you started marketing your book today? What would mm -hmm. you change that like, lead, kind of walk us through some of the stuff you did that you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I wouldn't do it that way now. But what would you change about your marketing process? I would build a a bigger following before the book came out. You've got to build up the hype. You've got to get people talking about it. I would get reviews before the book came out. A lot of people put the book out and then hope they'll get reviews as a result of the book coming out. I'm like, no, you've got to do it beforehand. And and then I, um, you know, the whole thing for the a Amazon and this is probably come up on your show. The whole mechanics of it. The more people that buy the book at the same time, the higher you rank on Amazon. So you've got to get that tribe all buying at the same day when you launch it so that it shoots up so other people see it. Visibility increases and they start buying it and then it expands out from there. But it's it's a matter of getting a lot of people interested in that book before the launch. And you, you there's so many ways you can do this. You can go talk on summits. I've got a book coming out. You can go in for interviews. I've got a book coming out and just keep it. It's coming out, it's coming out. Get everyone hyped up. And then when it comes out, boom. You just see what the response is. But uh, yeah, the first time I just put it out there and it's like, why isn't anyone buying it? <laughs> <What's> <laughs> right. Well, I know, right? Because we're authors. We're not trained in the marketing 
machinations, not all of us anyway, of the 99 authors that I've interviewed, only two had marketing backgrounds. And so thank you for sharing, you know, the uncomfortable stories of, yeah, I was, I like to tell people I was a total noob. I had no idea what I was doing I was an author, not a marketing professional. And that's the whole point for this project. So thank you for sharing that. But what, what would you say worked best for you? How did you sell the most books? The, it is, it is really going out and, and speaking about it in large crowds cause the sales to go up. You can speak in bookstores, but it has to be at a time where there's a lot of traffic, right? And plus we're losing bookstores, so that becomes a problem. But I remember figuring out the secret uh, for bookstores is you go during uh, things like Christmas rushes and, and Boxing Day and stuff, and you have to, you have to finagle this with the, with the people there because they try to, they have set places they put you. But what, where you want to be is near the checkout line during a busy time, because then people have to stand in front of you <laughs> and you can just make conversation. And I ended up selling book after book after because they had a captive audience. Right? <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Nobody's mentioned that yet. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for that little gold nugget that you dropped for us. So what process did you try that was an epic failure when it came to selling your books? Uh, it, it was just putting it out there and expecting people to buy it because especially when you put out your book, you're like, oh, this is gold. People are going to love it. They're going to want to buy it. And they're not looking for it. They don't know who you are. right? So, so if you just expect people to buy it just because it's good, that's, that's not going to happen. There's, there's so many books out there that are gems that no one knows about because there was no marketing behind them. Mm -hmm. And they're just sitting there either digitally collecting dust or physically doing it. So mm -hmm. I've met yeah. people that have 10,000 books in their garages because they did not market the thing. Right. That was back in the day when you used to have to publish them and you had to pay a printer and all yep. that when you were back in the early days, early 2000s. That's what you see a lot of that kind of thing happening. So well, um, I've met them recently and it's it's still from when that day, but the books are still in the garage. Like it's right. It's yeah, decades, they still have right? them. <laughs> it's been a decade. They still have them. Right. So what story do you like to tell about yourself that gets the most laughs from your target audience? Oftentimes with the, uh, the rewriting reality is about being late. <laughs> because when you find out that you can literally shift reality and rewrite things, you can create stories. And this is all about creating stories that you just get used to. And that's just what happens in my life. It's just the story of my life. And mine is if I'm late, then everyone else ends up being late, right? And this was a really fun thing to do because I'd realized I was late and I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. They'll be late too. And then I'd get calls from my friends wherever I'm going to meet. Oh, the car won't start or the kids acted up or I forgot I had to do this. And, and then they'll say, is it okay if I'm late and I meet you there? And I'll be, yeah, yeah, you, you go ahead and be late. I'll meet you there. I'll wait for you. <laughs> and they didn't realize this was going on. They didn't even realize it was possible. Uh, until one day I was, I was doing a, a talk on stage and I told this story about what happens with, uh, with my friends and my, the audience is just laughing, but some of them were in the audience. And so afterwards, it would be funny because I'd be getting ready to go out and I'd get a phone call and they go, you're late, aren't you? Because this isn't working for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell that you're late. Thanks, Raz. Really appreciate it. 
<laughs> See, the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland needed your advice because he wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't have been stressing out so much as an anxiety bunny if he had you in his life. So this is for our debut authors. You know, the whole purpose of the 99 Author Project is to help debuting authors learn from our mistakes. And so what are the top five tips that you would give authors about selling their books? You've already given a couple, but go ahead and reiterate, but what are your top five that you would give people? Uh, build up the hype before you launch. Get reviews before you launch. Uh, build your audience. Uh, the bigger the audience you start with, the, the bigger impact you're going to have before you get that book out there. Uh, two more, let me think, two more. Oh, uh, partner. Right? Partner with people. Collaborations really expand your market. And just like your book, if if I have a book coming out and I work with a collaboration beforehand to get notoriety from that collaboration before my book comes out, it's going to have a definite impact on my book afterwards. And the last thing is, is like really, really look at the budget you have to do this. Because it, it is like you, you want to put a lot into that marketing budget. You have to realize how much you have to work with and, and use it effectively. Uh, if this is not the time to be throwing darts at the wall to say, well, maybe this will work. Well, maybe this will work. <laughs> it's like have a marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what you and I were talking in the green room about how we didn't know how expensive it was to, to market a book effectively. And so that is something, yeah, definitely learn a lot before you get into that mindset. So what is the one thing you most misunderstood about becoming an author? Oh, it's that I'll put the book out. I'll, I'll give it to a bunch of publishers. One of them will just pick it up and then I'll be done and I'm good to go. Right. <laughs> the Insta fame, because it's seen so much, right? The Insta fame, like, you know, it'll go viral. This will happen. Uh, I believe in the law of attraction. I can re I can, uh, create my own reality, all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, there's still a bit of a grind, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what is the primary thing that was your biggest reward about being an author? Oh, there were a few things. Uh, I, get, I guess people actually asking for my autograph in the book it's like, what? I know, Me? right? <laughs> yes, I totally agree with you on that one. Yeah, it's it's mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I, I I remember one of my friends, it was it was so funny because he he's one of one of my good friends for years. And he's like, Aren't you gonna sign? And I'm like, but I'm not like some author, I'm your friend, right? And he goes, No, because these are these are some of the original copies. And I'm like, so he said, So the original copies are worth the most later on when the book's out there and it's had multiple prints and a and so, you know, in, in 20, 30 years, this is going to be worth like $200. And I'm like, so wait, you want me to sign it so you can sell it? And, and said, Thanks, friend. Like, yeah. And then I, this is, this is made me laugh so much. He goes, do you realize how much weed I can buy for $200? I'm like, weed? You're going to buy weed? You don't even smoke weed. He goes, by the time this is worth $200, I'll have kids and I'm going to need weed to calm down. <laughs> Oh my God, that is the best story. Thank you for sharing. I absolutely love that. Is there anything else you want to share with us or the audience today before we wrap up? Just because we've been talking about what's involved in getting the book out there, don't say, oh, you know what? 
I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get, get your book out there. Your message needs to be shared with the world. And when you're willing to, to do the work, to put in the investment and do what it takes to get out there, thousands, possibly millions are going to benefit from what you have to offer. Thank you for reminding us on that because it is ever so true. Um, there are so many people that do come up to you later. I mean, we haven't talked about it, but that come up to you later and say, your life, your book was life-changing and you only need one of those. And you're like, yep, worth all the, it was worth all the heartache yes. because they're so sincere and they mean every word and you can tell their life has been transformed. I'm sure you have stories like that too. I actually had one, one of my friends, he gave the book to his son who has been in depression for, uh, I think like a year. And right after reading the book, he came out of depression. Right. Made a choice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but, but it required the inspiration that came through your words mm -hmm. in the book. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, how can somebody learn more about you? Where should someone go if they want to learn more about you, Shiraz? You can go to energeticmagic.com. And that's my website. You can contact me there. Um, or you can go to Amazon and just grab how to rewrite reality. <laughs> so. Sounds like a plan. And that's it. Shiraz Boha Babu has answered our questions and has got more information in store for you with his latest work that can be found on his website. Go ahead and say it for us again. Energeticmagic.com. Energeticmagic.com. And I want to say thank you so much for being our spotlighted author today. Thank you for having me. It's fun. And if you are an author or you know of an author that you would like us to spotlight, please visit our website at authorpodcasting.com where you will find the 99 author project listed. We talk to all authors from all walks of life as we build out book number 12, which is the advice from authors to authors, which is due out in 2023. And this is Janine Boland signing off with you today and all of us here at The Eight Gates that produces The Janine Boland Show. We wish you a wonderful week and we encourage you to get your message your story or your knowledge out into the world and make it a better place, just like these authors that we are doing, that we're interviewing this year. We'll see you again next week. And until then, keep sharing what you know with others. Keep shining that light that is you. And don't forget to go out today and just do something for yourself that is just plain fun. See you next week. Thank you for listening to The Janine Boland Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to the JanineBolinShow.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the8gates.com. Eight